You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, also, I uh, I have decided that we are going to change our theme song for one episode only. Uh, you will be so so. We're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to uh, bear with me because I'm about to do it. Then do the lead in. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A long time, probably lifetime uh, group of fans of Leeds. We are the Leeds podcast uh, of the Touchline Media Group. They have, you know, their five podcasts. This is the sixth podcast exclusively devoted to Leeds United. Uh, I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. Twiggy. I'm here with your co-host, uh, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your Leeds-based business law needs and only Leeds. Um, check out smithworkforce.com as well as whoever Blueware decides to put in. Um, I'm, I'm going to go away from the conceit here, but I really would appreciate PBR being part of our, our system here. I don't know. I don't know what a Leeds-based beer would be. I, I probably should have. It's just that. Leeds tourism. It's just going to be Leeds tourism. The Leeds tourism board. Uh, please get at us uh, as soon as you can. Um, so we are here to talk about the uh, the week in soccer. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna open with something that's not soccer because it's funny as hell. Um, Mike Gundy's brother. <laughs> what an idiot! And, and like the fact that he, that Mike Gundy's brother coached at Oklahoma and he was the only one to stick out around past Lincoln Riley leaving is so funny. Um, so for those of you who don't know, those of you who are here to, to hear about soccer, which is probably a fair few of you, um, Mike Gundy, the head coach of Oklahoma State, who you might remember from the media as being a man and 40, uh, who also has this fun habit of um, supporting certain broadcasting networks that even the right wing are like, ooh, a bit too much. Like Fox News looks at Mike Gundy and is like, going to need you to take a step back there, bud. About 5% less. His brother resigned uh, at, at uh, recording today um, because of the least shocking thing ever, which is, of course, that he said the N-word multiple times with a hard R in a meeting. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not shocked. Are you shocked, Stumpy? Not even a little bit. Um, I also, I mean, we sent this to you know, contributor Josh Beninoff last night and, you know, his first thought, because originally the story was that Gundy took somebody's iPad during a team meeting 
and read off like rap lyrics or something yeah. and read and read the n-word before he like realized what he'd said and then apologized like quickly and like was horrified and he's like oh but i still feel the need to to um resign and josh makes a good point like and josh is again a former baylor db so he knows what it's like to be in a toxic big 12 environment but he loves you josh <laughs> but <laughs> not you art bryles uh but like josh's immediate thought was yeah there's no way that happens because like if your guy, if your dudes love you, and you just read it one time off an iPad mistakenly, like that story never leaves the film room. But if you go and say the hard R like four times, and you go, you like think about what you've said, and digest it, then yeah, you need to resign <laughs> pretty immediately, uh, which is what happened. Um, Brent Venables uh, put out a statement like. Yeah, we love him, but also you can't do that. And it's probably good that you resigned. Um, and like the, the statement by Gundy um, was like very like, I'm a man, you know, like you, you know the statement. Everybody here has heard the statement. Like I'm a man of God. I'm a father of daughters. The whole, like the whole nine yards. I've been here for 17 years. I grew up a- 23, or, 23 years. 23. I know that this isn't the nerd cast, but still. He was there for 11 years longer than Sirius Black was in Escapan. Um, yeah, I mean, like the whole the whole thing. It was awful. It's terrible, but it's hilarious because um, it's predictable, and and that's um, wonderful. So, um, I like I, I just wanted to get off off on the right foot there. Um, uh, we're we're in uh, we're in preseason for football. Um, so next week, midweek, we'll we'll probably. Um, give you some updates on training camp stuff. So if you're looking for that, um, wait for a week. Tim Patrick well, is out for the year. There's your I was going to say, con- conveniently, uh, HBO Hard Knocks releases this week. I won't say what day because this is an evergreen episode. And I don't want you guys to know that we're actually recording on Monday. Right. So it's certainly not releasing. Yesterday. Yeah, Yesterday would be the d- day that it's releasing. It debuted August 9th. You should go and watch it. Which is not tomorrow. It is, in fact, yesterday. So the only reason we're not talking about it, uh, despite the fact that it's about the Lions, is um, because uh, we want you to go into it, to have a week to really digest before we talk about it. Anyways, um, so we're here to talk about soccer. Um, We we kicked off uh, a couple of the big leagues. Um, England, France, and Germany kicked off yesterday. Um, Spain and Italy kick off next week. Um, Serginho Dest was playing against the Mexican team and didn't start yesterday. So, you know, whatever, but, um, but let's talk with, with our favorite team and that's not Spurs. We'll talk about Spurs in, in a little bit. Um, if you want a deep dive into Spurs, check out new Spurs order. They'll release tomorrow, not in four days. (laughs) Tomorrow will be when the Spurs podcast comes out, but we'll talk about them in a sec. We'll talk about the rest of the premier league, but um, Leeds United, America's team, um, won and like the Americans did well, but I want to start at the end of the game. Um, Stumpy, did you, did you watch this game? Uh, I watched bits and pieces. I believe I know what you're referring to yes. by the end of the game, but please continue. Okay. So, uh, spoiler alert, America won. Um, and, uh, actually spoiler alert. Uh, alert america won but england is convinced or is trying to keep us down they can't give up they cannot give up soccer no they, and it is they soccer. must yeah it's soccer we score we get to name it you can take the goal away we still get like no we'll we'll fight you back still ours so at the end of the game we had the most american thing ever happen which is that um jesse marsh went full i believe pete carroll i think that's the analogy here because of the, oh no, Jim Schwartz. It's Jim Schwartz. It's not Pete Carroll. It's Jim Schwartz. Um, Pete Carroll is a famously stoned head coach who like, his only real emotion is either like absolute dumbfoundery or like peppy cheerleader, rah-rah happiness. Right. So Jesse Marsh went full Jim Schwartz after a win. He goes to shake the other guy's hand, Bruno Lage, who's the uh, manager of Wolves. Um, who are Portugal's team, basically. Um, went to shake his hand. Bruno was not happy because Jesse Marsh was talking shit on the touchline, uh, which is the sideline for our American listeners. 
And would you have called it a touchline fraca? I would. I would call it a touchline fraca, uh, which released three days ago, not yesterday. <laughs> none of this uh, map is right. I'm not gonna, this, like, no, no, none of it's right. Um, but but so Jesse Marsh and Bruno Lange got into like a screaming match um, where where Jesse Marsh was like holding his ground, yelling. Bruno Lange was like trying to like dismiss him. It was wonderful. It would not have been wonderful had Leeds lost. I want to be clear. No. Yeah, that would have that would have looked a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, this was only good because Brendan Aronson is who he is. Um, he, it's a goal. I don't care. After the game, Brendan Aronson. So for those of you who didn't watch, there was um a goal that Brendan Aronson got credit for immediately. Then they called it an own goal in the uh, aftermath of the game. They, they, he was interviewed and and he's like, "Yeah, I don't care. That's my goal. I'm 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 counting it. I don't care." Um, but he was like, I like, look, I've talked on this podcast a lot about how much I like Brendan Aronson, um, and how I generally like appreciate what he does, but he's not supposed to be the guy who's like the best player we've got. And he looks a lot like the best player we've got. And that's not an insult to him. He's just like good now. And I don't really know how to deal with that. Um, it's kind of an insult to other players in the team though. We, yeah. But like, he's also, I mean, and I think. Ben is the one that harps on this the most, but he's got, he's like the only forward really who's gotten, or like, you know, forward playing player who's gotten like a lot of run, like pretty much uninterrupted run over the last two years because Pulisic's getting whatever the hell Chelsea's doing to him. Gio just can't stay healthy. Uh, I mean, way I think pretty consistently played for Lily, but it's also he didn't Lily. play yeah he didn't play this last week because he still has a red card from last year uh which again USA let's go <laughs> that yeah that's mostly his own fault not really the fault of the manager right. um as we as I pointed out in the group chat I believe Saturday uh after we spent all of last week or not all, last week we like made sure to mention like Ricky Ledesma starting for PSV now. He's getting a lot of run. He's, he's playing, started on the bench. Uh, so like there's nobody really in the, in the top half of the field. And then Wes, I mean, if you'll consider him like kind of pressing forward, Weston is also uh, you know, injured. Yeah. Quite a bit lately. So like the only one who's gotten re- any real uninterrupted run and Pepe went to Augsburg and like stopped playing. I mean, Jesus Ferrer is playing, but he, again, he's playing in the MLS. So let's let's qualify and, this again. And also, like uh, a concerning thing about Ferreira is that the last couple of games they started playing him as a second striker, not a lone striker. So he's playing much deeper as a ten, um, which like not great if Dallas is looking at the situation with the American international striker, and they're like, "What if we didn't?" <laughs> which like, and and look like. I don't, I, I don't know. And, and like, look, we're not going to talk about Brandon Vasquez. If you want to hear about Brandon Vasquez, go to literally any one of the MLS fan accounts. They love talking about him. He's fine. He's not going to, he's, it, it's fine. But anyways, you're right. Aronson is the only one who's getting consistent burn. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think that's kind of part of it. It's not necessarily that he's, you know, the best player right now or anything like that, but he is the only one getting consistent burn. So and I think Ben's kind of right. Like at a certain point, if you keep playing, uh, you're going to look sharper than your peers who are not playing. So, I mean, good for Brendan Aronson. And I, I think it was Kevin who on last week's pod was pointing out that like Aronson is also getting so like cheeky with his long, with his long passes on runs. We're like, he like, there's like five or six times per match where he's like, I can make this pass. I can make this pass. It works maybe once every three games. And then he can definitely make the pass, but like he's gotten some really good through balls that I think have been um, pretty impressive. And I'm even more impressed that he's able to do it against, you know, not just the Bundesliga wide open play, but he's doing, I mean, he did it against an EPL side. Yeah. I mean, wolves are, are like definitionally mid table. Um, yeah. Like, like every year they're somewhere between eight and 12. Um, but like, when you think about who you're going to face on the international stage, you're going to mostly face mid table. I would say mid table uh, EPL teams or like top half um, 
Bundesliga or Serie A teams. Because when you're facing the internationally, either it's like a cohesive unit of a bunch of guys that play like in a second league, but like can really play defense well and like hold their own, which would be like the mid-table EPL guys. Or it's the internationals where you have guys where you have like one guy where you kind of base it off of that guy and just let everybody run around behind him, which see Poland, see, uh, let's be honest, Argentina, Brazil for a little while. Like, so like, it's kind of encouraging that he can pull this off against teams not named Philadelphia Union. Right. And, and like, the thing is, is that like in this Wolves side, I mean, you have, you have at least one, maybe two international level players. You know, you're talking about um, Ruben Neves, uh, and and Pedro uh, Neto. Uh, also, I guess um, Ki Chan Huang, who's their striker, is also a um, is also an international caliber player playing for South Korea. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Aronson is now like the the question with any player when they go up a level is can they do it at that level, right? Like so, like when Aronson went from from Philadelphia to Salzburg to the Austrian Bundesliga, um, like it wasn't a huge step up, but it was could he do it in the Champions League? And returns were hazy, but he killed it in the Austrian Bundesliga. And you're like, all right. And then he came over to England and a lot of people, myself included, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to pretend that I was hundred percent. He's going to be great. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to try hard and he's going to run fast and we'll see if that matters. And the early returns are um, not only does he run hard, not only does he try or not only does he run fast, not only does he try hard, um, he can do things which is weird because like his whole, the whole book on him was um, he was like a throwback American, right? Like he like just ran all over the place, which he still does. It just, he's doing that thing that, that I've been hoping for for a really long time, which is what if we tried really, really hard and we're good at soccer. And Aronson seems to be one of the first people who's trying that because Pulisic and um, Pulisic and Reina are really good at soccer, but they don't really try so hard. <laughs> like they're like, they're, 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 they're Bill Murray in Space Jam on defense. Like, well, it's more like, okay, so there's a couple of things to unpack there. Number one, obviously, the first one is it's not really – that was less of a critique of Brendan Aronson and more of a – Josh Sargent just keeps taking strays in the group chat because, oh like, <laughs> Josh Sargent is the one that kind of set the tone. And to a lesser extent, Matthew Hoppy, like, if he does end up making a move to a championship side oh, – um he already has as of the time of this release he's already at Middlesbrough um yeah <laughs> what like the reason why dear listener the reason why Stumpy was couching that in if is because those tweets that came out earlier today are still ifs they're like he's if he passes his physical if it's all good but I'm gonna be optimistic here and say he's at Middlesbrough so, <laughs> so okay so but like him to a less, lesser extent when he went to Spain and then definitely Sargent coming from Germany to um, Norwich last year. Like, Sargent was getting run, but wasn't really able to um, excel like quite the way that he had before at other clubs or previously international duty. So, like, it kind of tempered expect- expectations for Brendan Aronson because, again, like, Aronson was always more known as kind of like a, a grit lord type of player more than anything else, where, like, he, like, he's, like Ace has said, Fast, tries really hard, which is, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But like all of a sudden, the skills that he learned in the Austrian Bundesliga and um, playing internationally, like in the UCL, are starting to translate to like actual soccer skills. Like Aces, like his through balls are getting a lot better. He's at least watching the clips that I did, you can tell that he has a feel for where he needs to be in relation to his teammates that doesn't necessarily. Um, come across from other other USMNT players with the exception of maybe Weston but Weston is like chaos incarnate so you kind of like you can tell that he like you can tell that Weston's mind is three steps ahead of all of his other teammates so like he's in the spot that he needs to be but nobody's realized that that's the spot that the ball needs to be at yet he's like oh West making West is making a cut. That's weird. I still don't have the ball. Oh I have the ball now. Oh shit. But also um, like there's there's an element of West that's like I'm going to go score a goal. And it's like, dude, you're not a striker. You should be sitting back. No, no, no. I got this. I got this. I'm going to go forward and I'm going to score a goal. And then it's like, I guess we'll cross it in. Oh, he scored. Oh, he can jump over everybody. Cool. Great. Neat. Yeah. Um, And like, so like, and Aronson was unfairly, you know, getting the expectations of a grit Lord, but like, and then Asa said, like, it's like, he's actually trying where as opposed to like, 
I understand why Pulisic doesn't try because screw you know, Tuchel's <laughs> yeah, Tuchel's just messing with his brain, so that's not fair. But like Geo and to a lesser extent West are so talented, I think, that they don't necessarily like we talked about this before actually with more with Wes and Serginho Dest, where like they were so used to coasting on talent for a while that you could like Serginho Dest, especially, you can tell when he is not interested in participating in any portion of a game. It's like he doesn't even it's, try and hide it. It's it's lovely with him. And and Wes Wes is 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 certainly interesting, like from like a try hard perspective. Um, like he certainly like when he wants to is, is a destroyer. Um, but when he doesn't, it's like, eh, it's fine. Um, but you know, just talking about like people who are trying and people who are like, look a lot better than certain people thought Tyler Adams, um, ran more than anybody else in the, uh, premier league this weekend. He covered 12 and a half uh, kilometers in his game, which is second only to Martin Odegaard, uh, over at the team that we don't talk about. Um, Cause they won. We talk about them when, when they lose, when they win, I, I have no interest in talking about them. Um, but Tyler Adams is doing something at Leeds um, that I think is fascinating, which is that he has become like, he very quickly is becoming their favorite player. Like Leeds fans for some reason or another, like they're like, they're very much like, a, um, I don't know. I, I guess like the analogy is like, um, like, you know how Detroit fans love a good fullback. Like Corey Schlesinger, yes. like lived in in our collective mind for much longer than he should have. Um, I think Leeds fans really, really like how much Tyler Adams is like going. <laughs> like he just like well to be to, for a more contemporary example. Again, HBO's Hard Knocks, The Lions here <laughs> debuted last night, and <laughs> Jamal Williams is an absolute like everybody I've talked to from Detroit loves Jamal Williams thinks that he's like a great leader. He's got all of these great clips, thinks he's going to be like the breakout star of hard knocks. And like Jamal Williams at his best is our second string running back. Yeah. Best case scenario. Um, but like, I think, I think leads. And, and it's funny because the way that Tyler plays um, in its way is actually like alarmingly American football. What he does, and it's, it's the reason why he's, he's a good as a single defensive midfielder and in a 4-2-3-1, which is what um, Leeds are playing these days, he just covers so much ground as a free safety. And that's the position he's playing, right? Like, his, he's always going to have his limitations on the ball. He's looking better. He's making, you know, he started the movement and got the ball forward uh, for Aronson's goal. And yes, it is Aronson's goal. Um, but the way that he covers ground defensively, like the only real analogy I can think of is like, he's literally a deep safety in a cover one scheme. And it's yeah. his job to get sideline to sideline to make sure that, that scary things don't happen. And look on the goal, they gave up. Like, could he have made a better play when, when the ball came to him? Yeah, he probably could have, but he also was there, right? Like, like it's one of those things, like we've talked on this podcast that like sometimes Tyler Adams and miles Robinson, when he was healthy, look bad because they're close to things. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can't make an error if you don't get to the ball. Yeah. And so like, if they weren't as fast or as, as instinctual as they are, they wouldn't have been in place to make a mistake. And right. So- and so, and the example, our go-to example as Detroit Tigers fans. And um, I do still like, I don't really enjoy, uh, I didn't really enjoy his playing, um, but Brandon Inge had more errors than most third basemen in the American in the major leagues, maybe not just the American league because he was, his instincts were better and he was more like mobile than other third baseman. He got to balls. He then screwed up getting like right. getting the ball, but like he got to the ball, like he got to a ball that somebody else like Travis Fryman never would have gotten within three feet of, but Inge managed to get there and then throw it into over the first baseman's head. As the, the ye old Chuck Knobloch. Um, which is always funny. Uh, but, but anyways, like the, the thing is with, with leads and, and it's, and, and I'm also going to give flowers to Jack Harrison, who is still technically available to be American. He never is going to be, um, but you know, he, he went to college here, played here. Um, but he also played really well. Um, I think that if this leads th- team can, can sort of hang on for a second, um, like the, the, the sky's the limit. Um, and, and we'll, we'll really see, I think Bamford is good. I think Harrison's good. I think if Aronson as is, is plays like this, like who knows? 
And if, and if Tyler, like, that's the thing is that it's like, if what we're doing here is we're saying that Brendan Aronson is 90% of Rafinha and Tyler Adams is 90% of Calvin Phillips and everybody else got better, then yeah, I'll take that. I will take 90% of Calvin Phillips and 90% of Rafinha for our fourth best, um, our fourth best winger and our second best midfielder. Like that's cool for my purposes. Um, also Jesse Marsh won. Cool. Always fun. Um, I really, really enjoy it when he does well. Um, so I, I think like the other, just because I want to, I want to keep the first half of this com- entirely on leads. Um, I think like it, it's an interesting game to play with them because they very much could, could go on a little bit of a run to start the season. I mean, they've got Southampton next week who are looked bad, but Spurs might be good. Um, I mean, yeah, solidly mid table. Yeah. Then Chelsea, which fine. But then they don't play another serious team. So one, I'm saying serious by top six, right? Like the traditional top six. They don't play another serious team until Man United in the end of September, who suck. And then yeah, again- They might not be serious. Chelsea might not be serious. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Arsenal in the middle of October, October 16th. So like you could very easily go two months without playing a serious team. I mean, I don't know. At a certain point, t- people start believing and like, that's the whole thing with Marsh's system. If he, if he gets buy-in from his players, then he's going to be successful because the whole thing is, is like, it's really hard to get people to press for 90 minutes. It's really freaking hard. But if you can, and if you do, then suddenly like you're the team nobody wants to play. And I think that's like, look, that's lead ceiling, right? Like nobody, nobody thinks they're going to the Europa League. Nobody thinks they're going to Europe in any fashion, but they can be annoying as crap and finish 12th or 10th. And like, I think that's a huge success if Marsh can do that. Yes. Do you want me to argue with you? No. I mean, I'm just okay. saying. Like, like I, I, th- I think like that's sort of like where we're at with Leeds. Um, again, I want to point out how funny it is that uh, in his first full season as a, a, a Premier League manager, uh, in the first game he could, Jesse Marsh got into a fight. And um, yes, I like. I, hold on. I think like Americans therefore collectively got a Gordie House uh Gordie Howe hat trick. Um, yeah. Uh well, no, did Adams get an assist? Uh, a- Adams did get a hockey assist. <laughs> like I know oh, that okay. hockey assists are not an assist in soccer, but like Adams did get a hockey assist. <laughs> yeah, but we're also trying to shoehorn it into a Gordie Howe hat trick, so I think we can give him the hockey assist here. Right. So like the Americans collectively got a Gordie Howe hat trick. Um for those of you who don't know, Gordy Howe hat trick, goal, assist, fight, which is all in really, one game. All in one game, right? Um, and uh, I, I, I think uh, the best way to describe Gordy Howe for those of you who are not hockey fans is um, like the second best hockey player of all time, as Letter Kenny, uh, the esteemed show and historical document, has uh, pointed out to us. You cannot, you cannot disrespect the great one. Um, by calling anybody else uh, the best any type of hockey player. I don't know if you remember this specific scene, but Chorzy yelling at people that you do not disrespect the great one is, is, is good. You should watch Leonard Kenny. <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of things you should watch, Letter Kenny, I haven't watched Chorzy yet, but I'm going to. Um, but yes. you should also pay close attention to whatever this is. All right, you want to talk about the other things that happened? Yeah. All right. Um, There's some good EPL in. There was some good EPL in. Um, so obviously, people who have who have paid attention to us for a long enough time know that um, while we could talk about good soccer and we could talk about things that you know ultimately apply to us, what's nope. better than that is what's funny. And you know what's really it. funny? Brighton beating Man United. <laughs> yes, that was great. Um, so like I. I just, I just want to point out here that um, Man United didn't score a goal. They got an own goal. Um, and look, are some own goals really like proper goals? Yeah. But no. Man United, I, I, I jokingly, well, not jokingly, half jokingly, um, put out a prediction for the EPL season in which Man United do not finish top half. I'm not sure that's a hot take anymore. <laughs> They are- I think that's still a hot take as of now. Give it, uh, give it till the end of, or give it till college football, the NFL kicks off, 
and then we can revisit because that might make a lot more sense. Uh, they looked bad. Yeah. So Scott McTominay, um, like there's a lot of jokes about like McFred. So Fred and McTominay is their sort of like their two um, central midfielders. Um, and I, I think a lot of it's overblown. Um, it is not overblown uh, as of this year so far. They're well, bad. It's almost like, well, <laughs> no, it's almost like they had, you know, like a generational midfielder that they chased out of the club to go back to his former club because he's kind of like an outspoken black guy. I can't have seen that, you know, blowing up in their face. Uh, yeah, who could have seen that coming except for everybody. Um, also, playing without a striker um, when when Ronaldo refuses to be in the uh, in the uh, setup, very funny. Wait, did he refuse? I didn't see him refuse. No, but he just like he. I mean, he came out in the fifty third minute. I'm saying start without starting. Oh um, yeah, I mean he's just and he, I mean he's being a little pissy about it because nobody wants to buy him anymore. Because I mean, rightfully so. Right, like they were playing with 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 um, I guess like Bruno as like a false nine or maybe Rashford. I don't. It was it was weird. They've done that before though. They've had Bruno because before they signed uh, Ronaldo last season, the season prior. They had Bruno kind of playing as the false nine because um, what's his face? Cavani. Like, no, they played him a lot too, but I can't think of the other one who uh, used to play. Um, they had him playing more as a false nine as well. But yeah, so they had Bruno doing it. They had Bruno kind of doing a lot, and then they brought in Manchester United, which has completely screwed. They brought in Cristiano Ronaldo, sorry, which is completely screwed with Bruno Fernandez as like I don't know, confidence or like playmaking ability but sense of good, goodwill yeah bruno's taken like a, i think he had like a six week stretch last year where he was re- like really good but other than that he's been like awful yeah i mean it's 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 weird to watch portugal's national team and say to yourself these two players we should pay both of them to play together like look portugal has to do it because like you don't get to choose who is born in your country um Mostly. Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. Tough break. He he's ours. Tough break. Um, but but like the fact of the matter is that like Man United are bad. And um I want to shout out our, our friends over at TLF Muga. If you want to hear other people tell you that Manchester United are bad, they'll do it. They're honest about it. I was like, yeah, but they don't sound quite as like ecstatic with it as we do. No. Like they're more sad with it. Right. Like they, they, they seem generally upset that Manchester United are bad, um, but they are. Speaking of people who are unexpectedly bad slash unexpectedly good. I don't know how I feel about that transition. Um, Tim Ream played okay, which I don't really know how to feel about. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. People were pointing out too, like, oh my God, it's an indictment of American soccer that we have a guy who captain a premier league side and he's not even a guaranteed starter in the World Cup. I'm like, that's not really (laughs) – even that. But, like, it's like – that's not really as, like, far-fetched as you think it is. Because, I mean, (laughs) you can captain Brighton, Hove, and Albion, and, like, I don't even know if you should be on the team then. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Fulham, like, are bad. But, like, he played okay. And, like, he played okay against the best – second-best attacking team in England. Um, Like – I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that, that Liverpool are always sort of like on the edge of not being good um, because well, of not being great. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Not being elite, not being one of the top two. I think like, Liverpool, Liverpool can sleepwalk to a top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like, I don't, I don't know that they can sleep. I think that they can sleepwalk to a top six, but I don't, I don't know that they can challenge. Um, and I think losing Mane, like people always just sort of assumed that, uh, Nunez and Diaz were just going to make it okay that one of your best attacking players ever left, but it, it doesn't work like that. This isn't FIFA. If you replace an 89 with an 88, it's not like, oh, well, I replaced an 80. Like movement matters, taking time matters. And look, I think Luis Diaz is good. He proved it last season in the second half. Like I cannot, I cannot talk up Kulisevsky, which I'm going to do in half of the season if I, if I don't give Luis Diaz his flowers. I didn't think Darwin Nunez was good. Darwin Nunez, when he played against America uh, in that friendly, like there were a couple of times where I, like, he like did something. And I was like, I mean, that's it. That's 70 million 
dollars or $62 million or however much he, he went for. Um, and I was like, okay, okay, I guess he's like 22, like whatever. But Liverpool isn't playing for six years from now when he's, when he's fully cooked. And I don't really care what he looks like in six years. I care what he looks like this year. And yeah. he's not, I, I, I think that it's possible, like he's not ready. Um, he, he did get a goal. Like, that's fine. It's Fulham, but like, it's not about the goal, right? It's about what else is going on on the field. And they just didn't look like the same Liverpool. And I'm not giving that credit. Like, I look, I can joke and say that it was because Tim Ream was on the field whose offense looks good when Tim Ream's on the field, but like, that's not it, right? Like Fulham are bad. Um, Jedi, usually the other, usually other teams. Right. Right. Um, but like the fact is Costa Rica, for example, no, um, <laughs> Like they don't, they didn't, they didn't look cohesive and, and yeah, I think I, look, yeah. game one, game one. I know. And you're replacing Sadio Mane, which I mean, him and say what you will about like the inter, the chemistry on the team, but like Mane has played with Mo for a while. Decade and, or something. I don't really think it's that long. I think it's like a half a decade based on transfers and everything or like loans, but yeah, yeah. Like again, we're going to keep coming back to this. It takes a certain special type of player to be able to, um, you know, integrate himself with his teammates without a lot of time. Like you have to be either very deferential. I think the good example of that is actually Hyun Min Son, who's like really good. I don't want to say deferential necessarily, but like he knows when to subjugate himself to his teammate his role does not require him to get the ball at his feet and people to make runs off of him. Right. And like, and Harry Kane adapted to that because Harry Kane at one point would have been that player. And I think he's done a lot better dropping back and like manufacturing goals as opposed to just trying to thump them in. And I, maybe Darwin Nunez does end up working out, but he's, I mean, it's going to take a little while for him to integrate with Mo because number one, Mo's been playing with Mane for again, like a half a decade. So like all of a sudden the guy that knows what he wants and where he wants it, or Mo knows where, what Mane wanted and where he wanted it. Like that guy's gone. And that's, it's a lot harder to make those kind put those kind of things together when you're on offense, I think, than when you're on defense. Because defense, you can kind of paper over some of that stuff with either athleticism or just really good communication. I think if you're keeper, you're general out the back, and if you have, like, somebody on the back line who has experience in that system and can right, like, communicate like what you're, you're supposed if, to do, yeah. If you're a fullback coming into a new setup and you hear a center back say, hey, come back, you'd be like, I should come back. But you can't scream out at someone, hey, make a run to the left so that I can go in behind you so that the other guy can make a through ball pass to you, which will then, like, like it's like the, the patterns of attack are too complicated. And a right. lot of it is just, like, is just, you know, sort of being used to players. Um, so that's, like, all fine and good. But it's really funny that Liverpool just dropped two points to a Tim Ream captain side. Um, yes. So, that like, was, and, like, in the – they were the second game of the season – so, I mean, it was on very – I'm in Mountain Standard Time, so that was on at 5.30 a.m. my time. So I really only watched the back half of it. But, like, they were the only game at that time. So at least <laughs> a in lot London, of folks watching. Yeah, at least in, uh, in Europe, definitely, and probably on the East Coast. There's plenty of people that didn't have anything else to, to switch away from. Yeah, that's like it's, – it's like when, like, on Thursday night – do you remember, like, back in the day, Big East always had Thursday nights? And, like, every now and then you would have, like, one of those top 10 Miami or Virginia Tech teams. And it's like, we all watched you struggle for, thir- for, for three quarters with Boston College. And everybody was watching because it was Thursday night. And this was before the NFL was on Thursday night. But, like, we didn't have anything else to do. We all watched that happen, y'all. Um, and that's, that's what, what happened with, with Liverpool. Um, or, like, anytime Monday night football sucks. Like, yeah. Like, for example, the Lions, the first time the uh Sam Darnold's first career start where the line like the Lions were supposed to be good that year. It was, it was, it was like week they, one. Didn't they drop like 50? They yeah, the Lions pick six uh Darnold for his first career pass, and then he dropped 50 on their heads. So it, like the first like six minutes were very watchable and then not watchable at all ever again. Yeah. Um so so talking about like just just sort of like moving on to like the next of the team, like the the top 
six-ish teams I want to talk about before Spurs, and then we'll talk about the rest of the world, I guess, um, if we want. Um, Christian Pulisic, I actually forgot this, that this year they're doing five subs and not three. Um, yeah. And so that actually, I think that that's actually huge for Christian. He's not going to start, but he's still going to get 20 to 30 minutes a game because he's always going to be one of those subs because yeah. Tuchel has, has established that he's willing to play him wherever. He played right wing yesterday. He'll play as a wing back. He'll play as a false nine, whatever. Um, and so I, th- I actually, the more that I think about it, you know, like, cause we've all been clamoring for a move cause we want him to start and play a ton, but until the world cup, I'm sort of sitting here, like, I don't know, 30 minutes a game from now until November, he doesn't get hurt. He plays it well in the world cup. Suddenly he's the most, you know, interesting prospect or the interesting transfer, um, availability in January. Um, and like, if he doesn't, if he does get these 20 to 30 minutes a game, right. I'm not asking for five, right. If he came in in the 85th minute, that's not useful, but getting a run out, you know, 65th, 60th, 70th minute, like, sure. Who cares? I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him like blowing out his hamstrings, um, between now and then. And also he's still playing, right. Like he's still part of the squad. He's still engaged. He still has to focus. It's just a different sort of role. Um, and like, would I like for him to get some starts just so he's used to like coming out the gate? Yeah, sure. But I mean, screw Chelsea. Like I would love for, for them to, uh, you know, suck. Like they sort of looked against Everton of all teams, um, you know, zero, zero real attacking threat. Um, and that's not yeah. Pulisic's fault. He played fine. Um, but I, I think like, as long as the, the hubris of Tuchel continues where he continues to play Mason Mount for reasons that are unclear to me. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. All for it. Also them losing Callum Hudson-Odoi and Hakim Zayek uh, in the next couple of weeks, real funny. Um, real, real funny <laughs> because, uh, oh, and Timo Werner's gone. So like all of that attacking talent, it's going to be Pulisic, Mount, Havertz, and Sterling, and that's it. So best of luck. Hope it's fun. Um, so you want to talk about Spurs? I want to talk about Spurs. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Cool. All right. So Spurs, I was, I was able to watch this game. Um, James Ward Prowse, who, who's Southampton's uh, center mid, he's really good. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. He had a really, really nice goal that I don't really – I mean, I'll blame Hoybier a little bit for it, for getting lost on sort of a scramble, but also he's a center mid. Like, it happens. Um, and it was yeah. like – it was a scramble goal, whatever. Um, like, it like sort of like squeaked out to him and he hit it one time. Like – it was a nice goal, whatever. Credit where credit's due. And I mean, Ward Pro, how do you say it? Ward Prowse? Prowse? Prowse. 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 Uh, I mean, he's probably top 50 player in the EPL, top 100. I mean, I think he's better than that. I think he's the best free tick taker in, in the world. Um, like, I, I, I'll, I'll hold by that. And also, like, he's got a great, great ability to sort of play the game. I think he's like, he's a, he's a step below the elite. Right, you're never going to compare yeah. him to a to a KDB or to a um, right. a Conte or a Kovacic or whatever. Um, but I think he's like in that second level of players. Like I would love to have him at Spurs. I would love to have him anywhere. Right, like like I, yeah, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't made a move yet. Um, I think that if I remember correctly, and I'm 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 not positive. I think that he um he like he's pretty young. No, he's 27. I don't. Yeah, I don't no, know. he's not. And he's been. Oh, good he's been there his no. He he's been there his entire career. Yeah, but he's been he's been like a top fifty, top hundred player over the third for three years. Like yeah, no, no. But but when I say when I say he's been there his entire career, I think he's from South. Like he his youth career was there. Yeah, I he's, I mean I still get it, but like <laughs> like like when when I say like he's from there, like I'm I'm saying like he's not going to leave because he doesn't want to. Like he's going to be at Southampton. Like I don't think he has any secondary ambition. Right. Like it's just like. I'm at Southampton and I'm a captain and I get paid probably really well. And I, he still plays for England every now and then. Like he's not like out of the England radar. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, why not? Right. Like he still like gets a, you know, run here and there. And, and if Southampton ever does anything, he's a hero. Great. Good for him. Right. But, and I think Southampton's been, they've been like in the EPL for a long time and they're like solidly. Yeah. They're not going down. Right. If they, if they ever went down, I'm sure he did. Um, but, but they haven't so, gone, yeah. yeah, he hasn't gone down. Like they're good enough. Um, but, but more interestingly, you know, for, for our purposes and Spurs purposes, um, Spurs look damn good. And I want to talk about Kulisevsky for a second. Like, 
look, Kane is, and, and Sonny are really, really good. It is what it is. I, I don't really have anything more to say about that. I'll talk about like sort of the rest of the team. Kuti uh, Romero is, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to put some, uh, some, some hot takery here. Um, I don't know that there's a center back I would rather have than Romero. I'm not saying he's the best. Van Dyke is the best. I'm not saying that, that at all. But I'm saying that the combination of ability and jackassery is, is unmatched. Like his ability to, to like, like I sent you that meme about straight to violence. Like I love, yes. that. love that from Romero. Um, Dyer becoming a good center back is phenomenal, but Kulisevsky, um, when he came in, right. I was really worried about his ability to be uh, fast because he's not. Um, and I thought that the way that he's turned into like good, not just like, not just like serviceable, but like good is, is really really remarkable um emerson playing well was really cool because he played he was he sucked last year and this year like he comes out game one and he gets two assists um session young who's who i really like but the guys over at new spurs order are not huge fans of he got a goal and he was up and down the pitch the whole game like I, I don't know like it was like fun to watch this spurs team and i don't remember the last time spurs were fun like even last year when they were winning games at the end of the season it like it wasn't fun it was just like we're going to murder ball you I'm like, cool. Um, I guess like before Pochettino left, right. Like, like, yeah. they were fun yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. like that was a, what, five years ago at this point, four years ago, four at least, if not yeah. five. Yeah. Four. So like, that last year, it's probably five. Cause that last year I, I was, I assume he wouldn't have left if it wasn't miserable. It wasn't fun that last year. Like it was, it was. And then they brought in Josie. <laughs> Josie. Like, no fun. No fun. Him. No fun. Zero Never. fun, sir. Right. Um, and, and like, look, like I, I thought that like they were fun and they like, they played fast. They played like direct. Um, Kane, Kane was doing his drop in thing, but like, you can see how he doesn't have to do that. Right. Like Hoybier played and like, fine. He's their fourth best center mid as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Skippy's hurt and Basuma is not going to start until they lose a game because I think Conte is one of those coaches who's like, I'm not going to make a change until you tell me that I need to. Um, yeah. And like Hoybjerg feels very much like the change to make between him and Basuma. Um, and and Basuma, look, if you want to learn about him as a person, you should Google it. I'm not going to talk about it because um, libel laws in England, uh, which we are probably subject to uh, in some fashion, given where our corporate over- overlords li- live, um, are very strict. So all I'm going to say is you should look it up allegedly. So like as a person, not going to really give him all the flowers allegedly. Um, but as a player, I mean, he, he gives something to Spurs that like they haven't had since probably Erickson, um, which is that ability to actually get on the front foot and actually drive the play forward. Like Benson Kerr is good at it, but he's not, he doesn't have the, the ceiling that Basuma has. Um, and so once, once something goes bad and Hoybier gets dropped for Basuma, I think that that's when this team will really fly. Um, which is fascinating to talk about with the Spurs team that like hasn't had good center mids in a while. <laughs> there was a lot of hairy winks going on for the last yes. uh, decade. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it was like fun to watch, which is weird because again, like I'm a Michigan state fan and a Spurs fan fun to watch. Isn't really high on my list of priorities. Clearly. <laughs> you can just throw all the rest of Detroit on there right now, except yeah, for maybe the right. Pistons. Pistons. All right. So actually, yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, so update. So yeah. So Southampton has been in Southampton has been in the Premier League since the 2012-2013 season. Um, they actually only spent one year in the championship because they came up from League One. Nice. Yeah. Uh, spent two years on at League One. Uh, what's his face? Peter Crouch in the 2004-2005 season, leading goal scorer. For those of you guys that don't know, Peter Crouch is famous for being six foot seven, 110 pounds, and doing the robot when he scores a goal. Peter Crouch, what a guy. Um, so I'd have a pint with Peter Crouch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, some other things happened uh, throughout the um, world. I feel like we need to have a conversation about how right we were about Jordan Peefock. Um, like, I, I, I don't get why this doesn't trans. Yeah, I don't get why it doesn't translate to the international stage. Is it just the system that Greg's putting him in? But it's not. It, it, it does because, like, he he was there for a goal. The one time he got run was against Mexico, and he was there. <laughs> like, he missed, and, like, that sucks. 
But like the thing is, is that's like, kind of the important part. It it is that it's not because like it's like he's not going to miss those no, every be, time. To be clear, it is that is the important part. Scoring the goal is the important it's, part. It's, Ask it's, Josh Sargent. <laughs> Ask Matthew Hoppy. You have to actually score the goal. This is so, not horseshoes. No, but like it's like to, to me, finishing is batting average and balls in play, right? Like over the yes, course, that's over the, fine. Yeah, no, no, that's what it is to me. It's like over the course of your career, your batting average on 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 balls in play is going to look somewhere around normal, right? P. Fuck, I think on like his batting average on balls in play for the national team is like point zero zero two. Yeah. Like it's 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 unsustainable for him to continue to miss that. Yeah, because I, I again, uh, Union Berlin is like he's just putting balls in the net, and that's not. They play two games. He boys. has two goals. Right. Yeah, that's not young boys. Like he's doing this in the Bundesliga. They, like I understand that the Bundesliga is easier to score in than maybe the Premier League, but it's not as easy to score in as the Swiss league. Yeah, so like he, he goes and gets a golden boot in the Swiss League, and in his first two games in Germany, he's starting and scoring goals. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say about this. I think any discussion of um, the American striker setup, um, it has to include him because, like, even even if you don't like the way that he plays, and he plays very differently than Ferreira, um, if and, yes. and and very differently from the way that Berhalter wants to play. Um, yes, but like I don't at, at a certain point I don't give a shit. Right, like at a certain point, you say to yourself, um, "The best guy plays," and you can't tell me that there's any argument that P. Falk is not the best guy. I'm not saying that he is the best guy, but you can't convince me he's not part of that like interchangeable conversation. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and, and even if he's not starting, like he's got a pretty good sub to have. That's a pretty good ace to have in your sleeve. Right, and I want, I desperately want him against Iran because Iran doesn't want the ball. So if Iran doesn't want the ball, then all we're going to be doing is going up against a packed defense and like maybe the six foot four, you know, I, I don't even know how big he is, but like maybe the big six dude. Four, who, 190. Something like that. Like, like maybe that dude is helpful. Um, yeah. Like maybe, you know, he's six, he's six, three, two Oh five or something. Um, and like maybe having a tight end on the field against center backs who are not going to be that big um, is useful. I read it. There was an interesting article um, in, I want to say it was ESPN plus it wasn't Bill Connolly, but you should read him while you're there about how center back, how, how friend of the pod, friend of the pod, listen to the pod. We, had, we had an episode, yeah. um, about how Pep and Klopp, they, they use that like false nine for so long that people stopped valuing big center backs, right? Like now center backs are speedy, right? Like Ruben Diaz is like a great center back. And what did they go out and do immediately after they changed everybody's mindset about center backs? They went out and got Holland and, and Nunez, like old school, big strikers. And I think, yeah. I think that like, look, like against England, against England, like, yeah, you're going to have problems because Harry Maguire, as much as we, we rag on him, he's big. And John Stones is big. Like these are, these are not small people who, who PFOC is going to be able to ragdoll, but he'll be able to ragdoll Josh Rodon of, of, um, of Wales. He'll be able to ragdoll whoever Iran's throwing out there. And I think that there's 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 value in that. Um, I think that there's a lot of, you know, there's always value in being able to change your tactics mid game. If you can adjust your tactics to what you are seeing, that is always more valuable than being like, like we talk about it in football all the time. You don't want a coach who tries to fit players into his system. That is not how you win games. You fit your system to the players you have. If you have a big physical striker you need to set up your system to help your big physical striker succeed. It should not be, Hey Jordan, you need to just keep running until somebody gets you the ball. It's Hey Jordan, you have a fat ass sit on the 17 and wait for the ball and then see how hard you can kick it, man. Right. And like, it's, it's, there's a lot to that and there's a lot of, of value in that. And I think that that's what we, we should really be looking at, especially when we have uh, our left back, not our right back, our right back doesn't like giving the ball up, but our left back um, is really good. Our right, at, our right back is just our right back is just being himself. We love him, um, but but our left back loves pumping in crosses. Like Jedi yes. loves pumping in crosses. So like screw yes. it, do it. Have it. Have a secondary move. Um, Not even that, but like our our presumably our midfield like captain Weston 
loves pumping in crosses or loves pumping in. And Brendan Aronson, we're going to play him on the left. Let's say we have to play him on the left wing for some reason. Brendan Aronson loves pumping in through balls. Like, yeah. I mean, there, you don't, just, we've I, got look, guys that can compliment him. And look, like the thing is, I like Ferreira. I actually do. I think if, if, if we are going to play on, on, on a counter, I actually think he's my favorite option, um, which is ironic because people are like, oh, well, he's the one who can break down play, blah, blah, blah. No, bullshit. I want him there because I, I want to be able to move quickly up the field. So once he gets it, he moves the ball really quickly. Like it, it, it uh, he's to use an analogy, he gets the ball out of his mitt really quickly. And I, yeah. re- I think there's a lot of value in that, but like PFOG, like screw it, like have him up there. Um, Pepe is not going to play between now and then apparently. Um, no. But he, he, I think he played for like 10 minutes or something. Remember that like three weeks when he was the savior of American uh, soccer. I do. That was-, that was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, his team lost four, nothing to a mediocre Freiburg. He came in for 15 minutes, did nothing. Great. Um, I believe they are the odd on favorites to be relegated in, uh, Bundesliga. That is correct. Um, so, uh, also again, it's worth noting, um, in terms of the whole fullback discussion, um, Joe Scali started again for a good Bundesliga team. I, I just, I, I don't know what else there is to say about that. Um, like he should probably get some burn. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, just sort of running through the rest of the people who played and did stuff. Oh, notice how he started. Suck it. All of you suck it. Still alive. Still rolling. Oh, notice how he hive. Let's go. Don't worry about how I he, can't believe. Don't worry I can't about believe how he <laughs> I can't believe he's starting. He took a full year off and he's still starting. That's nuts. I, I think that there's like, it's, it's like, um, like every now and then, like a, a player in college. Like they'll be a five-star, they'll get to college, they'll do nothing. And then they'll get to the pros and be like, oh shit, I want to be good at this. Yeah, I'm going to go be good at this. Yes, I am yeah. talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, but like, oh no, to he's a five-star. He, he's a guy who you look at and you're like, yeah, if he cares, he's the best center back we've ever had. It's just, he doesn't care. He doesn't even yeah. care to care, right? Like we're not even at the caring. We don't, he doesn't even want to care because all we've told him his entire life is, Dude, if you just show up and give even a little bit of a shit while you're here, you're better than everybody else. And like he is, and it's cool. And I love him and he's great. Um, elsewhere, um, it's uh, Eric Palmer Brown continues to start every game in League Un, um, Yep. which is weird, I guess. Like, because it's like, League Un. Yeah, like I, 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 have, I have such a weird relationship with France um, as a country in general but as a league in this specific because like i have no idea how good france is like i know psg is good i know that one other team a year is good but like i have no idea how good montpellier is like i don't know fine are they better than anybody like i don't know they do nothing in in europe (laughs) i really yeah france is like france is the same way that like syria was in like the uh, mid 2010s like yeah okay preventus psg very good everybody else maybe i don't know we can I, see yeah we'll see um Does, we'll is see. inter feeling it this year which inter like, okay <laughs> lily is feeling great monaco's having himself itself a season okay cool neat cool and like yeah like i just have no idea if anybody's good or not um also for what it's worth um there is some some um <clears throat> Some rumors that uh, Fularen Balogun, who's on loan from that other North London team, um, that he has actually silently committed to America um, because of, uh, of the Olympics. Um, like he wants to play in the Olympics and he apparently wouldn't get the call up from England to do so. Um, or yeah. maybe England didn't make the Olympics. I don't know. Whatever it was. Um, which is that pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So, we, so that would be pretty cool in terms of like one for the future. He scored a goal in France. Uh, which is like something to keep note of. Um, and I guess like the only, the only other thing worth mentioning here is that John Brooks continues to not have a club. Um, and every day that that continues, it becomes a bigger and bigger problem for those of us who would like for him to play himself into form. There was a rumor that he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. There's a rumor that he's going to go to Belgium or uh, to the Netherlands. Um, neither of those has borne out. I don't really know what to say about it. Um, you, you, you got any thoughts? Like, I, I don't, I think I don't he's kind of, I think he's kind of validating everybody who was saying like, Hey, maybe there's a reason John Brooks isn't on this team. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, 
he didn't play that poorly last year for club. He, played, he must he be such an country. asshole. He must be such an asshole. <laughs> or there's just like they, like everybody can see the cliff coming and they're just trying to avoid it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's also worth noting that Zach Steffen sucks at, at goalie. He's so bad. Jesus he's, Christ. He's I not think we good. Just, I think they kept him on the shelf for so long, which, I mean, admittedly, I'm one of the big Euro snobs on this podcast, and I need to kind of come to grips with the fact that, like, making a move to a European club, especially a historic – not I guess not historical, but, like, like one of the current – like, Yeah, isn't always the best thing. If you're just going to sit there, like – I hate Arsenal, but dear God, please play Matt Turner every like couple of weeks because we cannot have the presumed one and two goalies sitting on the bench. All the well, I guess Stefan doesn't sit on the bench for Middlesbrough. He just sucks, and then he lets in all the goals. So like, I'd rather Matt Turner be a Middlesbrough and Stefan can go rotten at Arsenal. It's also worth noting that Ethan's Horvath. Um starting that start yeah yeah he's and and like okay i think he i think he had a one-one draw this weekend yeah um do do you know what i think about about ethan's horvath at a a certain point like he's gus for to me if that makes sense like as a backup goalie he's just like he doesn't need to play he just comes in and he's good enough and when he starts he's more or less the same and that's not really good enough and that's sort of where we are uh, he's Charlie Batch on the Steelers. Yep. It's like you're, you're, happy, you're happy you have him there. You pray to God you don't actually need him. Drew Stanton's career. Also, he just seems so nonplussed by everything. Like, really, with the exception of that Mexico game, I don't think I've ever seen him get excited or upset. He's just consistently out there. Like, if you told me that Ethan Horvath played his match and then went home to his flat and sat in a white room and stared at the wall until his next match, I would 100% believe it. Like, he just – there doesn't seem to be anything there. Uh, I think that he's just like, I'm, I'm here to play soccer. It's called football. But I was told I would be playing soccer. <laughs> no, no, oh, I'm no. sorry. I have the wrong field. I'll be no, back. No, no. Come, come back. Come back. Come back. Fine. It's soccer. Go, go, goal. Go, go. Um – I, th- I think that's like sort of it. Oh yeah, Chris Richards didn't play. Uh, wasn't even in the squad, not, or was in the squad, didn't play. Apparently, he was playing in some like uh, some youth game um, two days ago because we're certainly not recording on a Monday. Um, but I, I I think that's sort of like amongst the Euro snobs uh, or the Euro like meaningful players. Like that's where we were. Um, Spain hasn't started, so Des didn't play. Oh, Cannon started as a right center back uh, again, which is like pretty neat. That he keeps I'm, doing that. <laughs> I'm not even following Reggie Cannon anymore because I, I don't think anybody knows what they're doing with Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon doesn't know what Reggie Cannon's doing. I, like, I, I feel like Reggie Cannon is like actually living the joke that we were making about Owen Otisawi, where Owen Otisawi doesn't know what position he's playing when he shows up on game day. Like, yeah, but Owen Otisawi doesn't like Reggie Cannon is anecdotally one of the adults on the USMNT. Like, He's very young, sure. I think he's like 24 now. Yeah. But he is anecdotally one of the adults. So, like, I think that that would actually bother him. I'm not convinced, like, oh, no, Tasawi could show up and they could tell him to go home and he'd just like, all right. Yeah, like, I, mean, yeah I don't sure. think he cares. <laughs> yeah, fine. Like, and, and, like, I also I also get the sense with Owen that, um, like, you know the stories about Manny being Manny? Yes. I, I'm not sure that, like, any of those stories, like, if you told me any of those stories and you just replaced – Manny Ramirez with Owen Otisawi and you replace David Ortiz with random club Bruges player. Like, I, I, I think that, that you could get me. I think if we started a Twitter account that was just Owen Otisawi rumors and we just took Manny Ramirez stories, whited out the name Manny, put in Owen, I think a number of people would be like, wow, that's great reporting. would be like, no, it's just, just. Honestly, I could see Serginho Dest too. Well, Serginho has, has a Manny story, which is the time that he was at the beach when Messi was doing his retirement thing. They called him and said, Serginho, you need to be here for this. And he showed up in like a matching um, yeah, Jordan. Michael Jordan thing. And people were like, did you wear that on purpose? He's like, I was at the beach. <laughs> I just was wearing this in my life and it worked out. And you're like, great, great, Serginho. <laughs> um, so he'll be back next week, um, hopefully playing um, and, and the rest of Spain and Italy. 
will be playing. Venezia uh, is in Serie B. We're not really paying close attention to them, but Dabo Swinney's godson is starting for them, um, which is weird. In Serie B. Yeah, right. Um, Tanner Tessman, starting games. Good for him. So anyways, so uh, special thank you to my uh, my co-host here, uh, Napoleon Gregg. You can find him at Mr. Rojo at Mojo Rising 89. Uh, you can find me at Diamonds Esquire. Not usually there. Check me out at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, we are going to get the uh, Instagram up and running just as soon as John Brooks picks and is happy with a club. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, which can be found in Leeds, uh, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Uh, hopefully the Leeds Tourism Board. Um, please like, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends, tell your local lead supporter. Um, and obviously, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.